five, four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown, Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears Nation. We have a young football team. We're going to figure out how to finish and how to close games. We'll have a plan for that. There's just something that, that needs to be done, something that needs to be changed, needs to be fixed. We all need to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out how, what we can do to make this team better and ultimately win ball games. I'm tired of hearing, oh, we're getting better. We're going in the right direction, but we keep losing. As players and as a team, we, we want to win. We want to figure it out. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't lose. I win. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Powered by, powered by, powered by Bet, Bet, Bet Stamp. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, November 16th, and we have another game to preview this time against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta, right? It is. In Atlanta, the Bears will be traveling to Atlanta where Justin Fields once played a uh, CFP game, right? That game was a, yeah, it was at Mercedes Benz, right? Which know. one? Justin Fields returns to Atlanta to play football once again. Marcus Mariota and the Falcons and old friend Cordell Patterson and old friend Phil Emery and old friend Ryan Pace and old friend like a bunch of other people on the Falcons. Welcome the Bears to Atlanta, two just really, really terrible teams uh, to play a football game, I guess, in a battle of who can be worse at football uh and then the bears will probably lose and kevin lapko will scream and yell and cry about how you shouldn't be losing games and losing sucks and then i'll have to come back on here on monday and calm them down again and we'll repeat the cycle until the end of the season and as i will say that kevin lapka i do hope you were listening to one danny parkins today on the score telling everybody just slow your roll and that this season is already a success and that this is what the season should be. Anyway, Bears Nation podcast, myself, Jake Hassan, with Kevin Lapka, as always. Hey. Yeah, I get it. I get it. We're not going to do it again. We're not going to do the, the wins. Do they matter? Do they not? Conversation again. We're talking Bears-Falcons. That's it. As I have a text notification go off. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, this is a, an interesting storyline here, right? You know, Justin Fields returning back home, born in Kennesaw, Georgia, Kennesaw, about 27 miles from Atlanta. And really for the Falcons, like in hindsight now, a colossal mistake by them not taking Justin Fields in a 2021 draft. Now, when you look at their position, right, they were gifted uh, what was supposed to be coming out of the draft, the best tight end of all time, just athletically. From a size standpoint, you know, he's got the biggest, you know, wingspan of any player to ever play tight end. He's also really fast and strong. Like people thought Kyle Pitts would be, you know, a unicorn at the position. And he still Mm -hmm. can be. Don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong. Like, I don't think he's not capable of those things. I think there's some things going on with the quarterback and with the offensive system uh, as to reasons why he's not getting the ball that much. But when you look at what Justin Fields has done and how important the quarterback position is, and then you factor into all the storylines of, oh, you know, it was his hometown team. He said in a press conference today, he used to be a Falcons fan. His dad had season tickets. He would go watch the games all the time. He was a Falcons fan uh, for a good period of time. It made too much sense for them. So I do wonder if that is in, I don't wonder, I know 
that's in the back of Justin Fields' mind. He knows, look, this team, you know, were, was content with sticking around with Matt Ryan and then transitioning to another veteran like Maricus Mariota without taking, you know, a younger guy at that time. In in that well, being him, they passed on him, and then again they took Desmond Ritter a year later. But Desmond Ritter and Justin Fields. I think he has something to play for. He's going to have family in the stands, and he's going to want to stick it to him and say, hey, you made a mistake by not picking me, and I'm going to show you why. And I think that's the main storyline of this game because at this point, Jake, you know what eh, What are we going to do? The Bears are 3-7. and seven. We're talking about the same shit over and over and over. You know, There's not a lot else to break down. But when there's cool storylines like this that could provide a little bit of motivation for a player, especially the quarterback, it is something cool to follow, and it's something that the Fox broadcast on Sunday would be Joe Davis and Gerald. Daryl Johnson, I'm sure they'll talk about it a heck of a lot. So it gets me a slightly more excited for this game, knowing that he might have a little bit of vengeance on his mind going back to his hometown. Well, I don't think it'd be vengeance because that would imply that he's like angry at his hometown if it's a vengeance game. Well, I don't, like, I don't know if he's angry at Atlanta, but he, he, he's out. Why would you want to take vengeance on Atlanta? He's got something to prove because they didn't they didn't select him. They very well could have selected him and they passed up on him. And now in hindsight, it was the wrong thing to do. And he's going to show him why. I mean, you think he's happy that he slid down to 11? I know he's happy in Chicago, and he's said it before, but he well, yeah, more money is always that he was yeah, the more third money, quarterback taken? And, yeah, more money is always better than less fourth, money. Sorry. Right, like that, right, that's yeah. Always, so, you know, the storyline. Just, I just think it's incorrect to call it a vengeance game. It's just like that's – it just seems – You know what a homecoming game. Sure, homecoming game. Just vengeance seems okay. weird. Uh, I do think there is a decent chance we see Desmond Ritter in this game. I feel like Ooh. that, like, I I feel like it's coming. Because, like, Marcus Mariota has only cleared 200 yards once since the start of October. Like, it's been over a month now. Yeah, I mean, he's still thrown a couple good games, more touchdowns and interceptions, takes care of the ball. But, like, <clears throat> clearly at this point, you know Marcus Mariota isn't going to be your guy next year. You're already three and what are they? They're three and seven, and the Bears are two and seven or something like that. Whatever. The Falcons are four and six. Four and six. Thank you. And at some point, you have to be like, all right, we drafted this guy, you know, in this last draft. At some point, you got to see him take the field. Like, Mariota is what he is at this point. Like, he's a good bridge quarterback, but you might as well play him. And if you're going to play Desmond Ritter at some point, why don't you play him against a terrible Bears defense that can't stop anybody anyway? Right. Right. Like that, it just yeah. feels like that's the natural progression of things. Now he won't start the game. There's no chance. No, start the no. Game. They already said no. Arthur Smith already said Mariota's going to start the game. Right, but could he come in if the Bears? Well, so that the scenario in which he would come in would imply the Bears have a lead and Marcus Mariota is playing terribly, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a reason to bring him in. So unless you sure. believe that's going to happen, then you probably won't see him. The interesting thing about the Atlanta Falcons is, yeah, they're four and six, and a lot of people want to count them out, but. You know, uh, who do the Bucs the Bucks are on by this week? And the Bucs are obviously first in that division at five and five. But if the Falcons win next against the Chicago Bears and get to five and six, and then the, the Buccaneers lose, they'd be right up there at the top of the NFC South. Like it is still very much possible for them to be in the hunt for the division in a couple of weeks. So would you risk, you know, throwing a wrench into everything by throwing Desmond Ritter in there and, and throwing a wrench in your, you know, quote unquote playoff hopes because they, they, they still do exist? Um, and a similar situation to the Bears, like if they believe that Desmond Ritter is the future, then for them, a top 10 pick is less of a priority as it as uh, is, is sure. the same case I made for the Bears is, you know, we don't need 
I said a top five pick because you don't need a quarterback. The Falcons Still technically disagree. don't need a quarterback depending on what they think of Desmond Ritter. But regardless of what they think of him, it'd just be a dumb thing to do to take another quarterback. Although Desmond Ritter wasn't a first rounder, you just you haven't even seen what the kid is capable of outside of the preseason. So I think there's a chance, like if their mindset is, hey, you know, say the Bears are up like, say it's like seven to seven, say it's like an ugly game and the Falcons mm-hmm. are saying, screw it, you know what, we need a boost. And maybe this is a boost that can carry us for the rest of the season. But also, sometimes you'll see teams do this, and it'll be like a one-game boost. You say, you know what, for this game, we're just going to get you going, and then Mariota will come back to be the starter next week. And if he continues to stink it up, then we'll go you know, back to Ritter. Similar to Pats uh, with Mac Jones and, and uh, Bailey Zappi, right? Really weird situation there. But you know, let's bring in the rookie for a spark. And then, you know, Bailey kind of had to come in uh, due to injury from Mac Jones. But, you know, once the the veteran is is healthy again, you know, you bring him back. So there's a chance. There is definitely a chance. Um, But I don't know if the Falcons, I don't know if the Bears are going to be beating this team by a lot. And and in a situation where the Falcons feel like they need to do it because of how bad the Bears defense has been. Yeah. And this also, this game has major draft implications. The Falcons are only one game behind you or ahead of you in the win column, like they, they, it could flip, like they beat you and, and it could flip. Or if you lose. Yeah. If you lose, no, if we beat them, we jump them in the, in the draft order. Yes. Or no, they jump they, us. They, so we, we would fall. technically have a lower pick. The bears would fall. Yes. And the Falcons would then rise up. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So up. losing the Falcons then furthers your cause as you are only theoretically one game behind the first overall pick. Just saying, um, as the Houston Astros or Houston Astros, Houston Texans continue to just bottom out completely, and Lovey Smith is so bad at his job. Uh, but anyway, the thing with the Falcons in this game is the Bears' run defense is so poor. It is terrible, has been all year. Then they get rid of Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, and despite the boost that is Jack Sanborn, this run defense is still pretty bad, and the Falcons have two uh, – one – running back who's borderline star and another solidly above average running back in Tyler Algier, the former obviously being Cordell Patterson, who will have his own revenge game coming up after the Bears famously <laughs> did not even offer him a contract after he became a free agent, even though he loved Chicago and wanted to stay here. But I digress. Uh, yeah, this does not spell out a uh, massive su- success upcoming for the Bears with how bad their run defense is and how much the Falcons like to run the ball. Yeah, I mean... It- <laughs> You also have to provide, you know, take into effect or uh, the idea that Marcus Mariota is a good rushing quarterback still at at his age. Uh, he he can still do that. He's still a threat just the way Justin Fields is. I mean, not in the same capacity, but he still can do those things and they will, you know, do design runs. So that'll throw him off. But I, I think that the Bears are really just going to have to find a way to neutralize it, right? You know, load the box, you know, do, you know, blitz more and, and don't allow them to run all over you. You know, let try force Marcus Mariota to beat you through the air because they've proven that they can't really do that. And on occasion they can, you know, you get Drake London going, you get Kyle Pitts going, going, they, they can do it at times, but would you rather, you know, take your chances on making Marcus Mariota beat you or, you know, make Tyler Azure and Cordell Patterson beat you with a, a def- with a rush defense that you know is bad. Like, I don't, I don't think that Alan Williams is stupid. I think he understands the weaknesses of his team and he understands probably that, Hey, I'd rather, you know, drop guys into coverage and force them to beat us through the air. And sometimes it pisses me off because we saw that a lot last week. We said, you know what? Rush three, drop eight guys into coverage, and 
when you would drop eight guys in a coverage, Amon Ross St. Brown would still be found in the in the middle of the zone. They'd find the soft mm-hmm. spot in the zone. So I'm at the point where, yeah, like I'm fine if you're 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 blitzing it and you're just saying, hey, you know, Jalen Johnson or Kyla Gordon, you know, you guys just gotta win against Drake London. You guys just gotta win uh against, you know, another another guy, the Shy Lanta Bears, Demir Bird, uh, who 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 was on the team last year, who's actually been making some big plays for them down the stretch, right? Another I'm fine putting those guys on an island. You don't have to drop into zone every single every single time because you can't trust your pass rush, you know, with with four men up there, let alone three to get to the quarterback. Like the Bears pass rush has been one of the worst units in the league the past couple of weeks as far as the pressure that they've gotten. They haven't been even close to league average in their separation from the quarterback according to next gen stats. And I think just, you know, load the box, blitz if it's a run, you stuff it and it's a pass, you get a better chance of putting pressure on Marcus Mariota, a guy who's going to you know, make a couple of mistakes, make some boneheaded throws. You saw what he did last week against the Panthers as he's nearly falling to the ground. He just chucks it into the air, led to an interception. That was, that was uh, so was, bad. That was, was so hilariously down. bad. But yeah, like that's those are the kind of things that make Falcons, fan, uh, Falcons fans want to you know, pound the table for Desmond Renner and, and regret not taking Justin Fields. But I like I think you have to understand you know, what is presented to you, two very good running backs. Uh, I don't want to say very good, but two guys who can get it done. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson can get it done, especially in the red zone. You got to stop that. Uh, and I just want to see a response, I think. Like, you've had three straight weeks where the Bears' defense has had no answer, right? You know, you go into practice. You're supposed to look at the film, figure out how you can, you know, neutralize certain aspects of these opposing offenses, and you haven't been able to do it. I mean, the, the, the Lions weren't a great rushing team last week, but – they scored a hell of a lot of points, and Jared Goff was carving you up uh, from time to time. I want to see, you know, see what we saw between the Commanders game and the Patriots game. I know that was an eleven day, you know, bye week, you know, mini bye, but I want to see adjustments. I want to see a difference in this defense. I don't want to see the same old, same old thing. Drop eight guys into coverage, rush three. You know, do something different. You know, do something unique. Where are the Jaquan Brisker blitzes that we saw, you know, against the Patriots? Where are the safety blitzes? Where's the corner blitzes? I know they did a couple of them, but not as frequently as I think they should. I just want to see a little bit of a response and say, hey, we're not going to allow ourselves to be embarrassed week after week after week, allowing the opposing team, good offense or bad offense, to put 30-plus points up on you. And the Falcons have been a good team at home, so it's going to be a little bit uh, tougher to do this. But, you know, have some pride. You know, I, I want these guys to have some pride. I want Justin Jones to get angry. And, you know, I, I honestly think Taco Charlton is going to get a decent amount of snaps on Sunday. You know, they just picked up cool. Taco Charlton off Jeez. of waivers. Which, I mean, I know, but Al-Kadeh Muhammad is, was a do not practice today, did not practice today. You know, Dominique Robinson should be getting more snaps. Travis Gibson's been a non-factor. What do you have to lose? I mean, the guy was a former first-round pick in 2017. Pretty good athleticism for his size, 6'6", 277. Uh, hasn't, obviously hasn't lived up to what you know he was chalked up to be when he was drafted by the Cowboys. But a career revival, potentially, just give him some snaps. Because at this point, <laughs> at this point, it can't get much worse. So, Look at you. you Look at you, you shill, just hyping up a former Michigan player. You hate to see it. I know. You absolute. He's actually from also- Columbus, too. Damn, that sucks. Uh, you know what's? It, it is actually astounding how many former Bears are on the Falcons right now. Let's yeah, just, re- can you read them off to me? Yeah, no, I got to read. Demir Bird is one. Uh, Jermaine Effetti is another one who, like everyone, definitely forgot about. Um, Nick Kwiatkowski. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that one uh, was recent, I believe. Cordero Patterson, obviously. 
And then Damian Williams and Eddie Goldman to round it out. So how many does, does Eddie Goldman even play? Is he no, hurt? he's on uh, injured reserve, I believe. Yeah, shocking. shocking. No, oh, oh, he reserve retired list. He re, I forget. He retired right before the season. Oh, he did retire. That's right. Yeah, he retired right before the season. It was he very bizarre. And then obviously you have to remember Ryan Pace is the right. director, some kind of player, yes, some something Phil Emery, Phil Emery has a role, or not? Yeah. I think Phil Emery has a role. It's like it's just it's so crazy. It's so bizarre. It's very it's bizarre. The Shylanta Bears. There, there are sorry, yeah. the Shylanta Falcons. Do you think there's going to be any kind of like camaraderie? Like, do you think there's going to be any like? Do you think Demir Bird is going to walk over? Damian Williams is going to walk over to like Justin Fields? And the offensive line, those guys, and be like, oh, what's up? You know? Or is it just going to yeah. be like, because Cordero Patterson was before Justin Fields. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. I It'll mean, there will be a little bit. I, I don't. It, like, do, like- do we see Ryan Pace? Do we see oh, Ryan Pace? Yes. Yes. You think so? Because, you know, the, if the Fox broadcast isn't stupid, they're going to try their fucking hardest to get a shot pregame of Ryan Pace embracing Justin Fields. And they should. I mean, uh, like, I was, I was going to say, do you think he's going to be on the field? Or do you think they'll he'll be on the show him in a box somewhere? He'll be on the field pregame, or they'll show him in the box. I, I think pregame he'll be on the field because he probably wants to greet Justin. I mean, that's he drafted him. Like, yeah. he drafted Justin Fields. Yeah. I would probably greet that guy if I drafted him. And if I were fucking Ryan Poles, I'd greet Ryan Pace. I'd say, hey, Ryan, uh, coming from another Ryan, thank you. For gifting us Justin Fields, I walked into a perfect situation in Chicago with yes, Justin clearly. Fields. He, he didn't walk into a perfect financial situation or a draft capital situation. Ryan Pace actually fucked him with that because the Bears have like $90 million in dead cap. But nonetheless, all that matters yeah, is Until next year when it's awesome. Until literally yeah. five months from now and he's sitting pretty. What are you talking yeah. about? Well, because – he walked into it with no first round pick. He walked into it. He had to, you know, make picks out of thin air. Didn't have a lot of money to spend for the first year. You know, it, it, it's fine, but he should thank Ryan Pace. Say, thank you. You gave us this guy, Justin Fields and Ryan Pole should be forever grateful because I mean, when you look at Ryan Pace's career, again, his kryptonite was the, the Mitch Trubisky pick. Everything else was pretty much fine outside of that. I mean, there's criticisms given, you know, Anthony it, Miller, it, it, Adam it, Shaheen. Yeah. Okay. Among, among others, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be like that for like every GM. But the way he handled just, just his, his ideology as a general manager was wrong. You know, just reloading on, uh, you know, on players who were older and you know when they shouldn't have, right? But you know, that was his kryptonite. So oh my god! It, the, these, these were the right. Let, let's not forget his first ever draft pick, round one, pick seven, Kevin, Kevin White. White, my king. Eddie Goldman was good. Oh God, Ronis Grasu, round three, seventy-one. Jeremy Respect Langford was fine. Adrian Amos was good. <laughs> Tayo Fabaluje. <laughs> that was round six, though. We'll go. We'll go rounds five and up. Leonard wasn't really his fault. He turned out to be a good player, but we can blame the coaching staff, I guess, for that. But still, uh, Cody Wade here, obviously, still there. Jonathan Bullard, round three, pick seventy-two. Yikes. Kwiatkowski turned out to be fine, though. Deion Bush, famously. DeAndre Hall. Round, both were f- round four picks. Jordan Howard was good. DeAndre Houston Carson still on the team. Daniel Braverman, he was round seven, so whatever. Oh. The, then, of course, Mitch, then, of course, Mitch and Shaheen. 
Eddie Jackson, obviously, we like him. Tariq Cohen, obviously, we like him. Jordan Morgan, round five. Oh. Roquan, obviously, was good. James Daniels was obviously good. They just didn't resign him. Anthony Miller, ugh. Joel Iggy, well, he was decent. They just let him walk. Ball Nichols was decent. Yeah, lots of hit, lots of big hits and lots of big misses. Chavon Woods. David Montgomery. Oh, Riley Ridley. Let us not forget that. That's 11. Round four. Jeez, you're really counting this up? Yeah. We're almost Why? Because it's fun. Cole Command, Jalen Johnson, obviously good. Charles Gibson, we still have no idea what that guy can be. Kendall Vildor, okay. Darnell Mooney, good. <laughs> and then, obviously, Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, Larry Borum, we like them. Kill Herbert, we love. That's it. So 11. 11 kind of eh picks. Some, well, some eh, some oh my God, what were you doing? Many oh my God, what you're doing. But that's besides the point. He got the quarterback. His legacy in Chicago will always be that. I mean, when you look 10 years down the line, all that's going to matter. You're not going to know. You're not even going to know the names of who the fuck is Jordan Morgan 10 years from now. No one cares. It's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that. Well, that's yeah, whatever. That's all that matters. So, I mean, the big ones are obviously Mitch Trubisky and Kevin White. Like those are the ones that are like, yes. like, yes. oh, but man. It, it, it's funny. As you say that, like a trade up. It, for it's Anthony it's Miller, important for Shane people to bad. realize that Falcons fans and the Falcons GM and the Carolina Panthers GM are going to get the same exact treatment that Ryan Pace got. Not quite to the full extent, but near the same. And, and the Jets GM, maybe even down the road, the Jets, the Jets are good GM. right now. The yeah, Jets are but, six and three. Yeah, but, but yeah. And the Bears were, you know, the Bears were what? 12 and sorry, the Bears were 12 and four in 2018. But guess what? You didn't take Justin Fields. He is going to by far and away be the best quarterback from that class. And all their fans are going to resent their GM for not Trevor taking Lawrence Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence might be pretty good. I don't know. He's doing a heck of a lot less with a heck of a lot more in Jacksonville. Is it a heck so, of a lot more? Is it a heck of a lot It is a heck of a lot more. From a financial aspect, their offensive line, they're spending a shit ton more on their offensive line. They're spending a shit ton more on their pass catchers. You know, it, it, it's more. Trust me. It is more. But Christian Kirk does you know, have seven I, touchdowns this year. I don't I, – yes. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is, is going to be a bad – I think he's going to end up being a fine player. But – you know, is he going to be Justin Fields? No. And, and is Justin Fields going to be Patrick Mahomes as I'm making this comparison to the 2017 draft class? I don't think so <laughs> at this very moment. Uh, but good, good on you. Good. That's that's good, Kevin. We're learning. The hyperbolic statements. Are I never would have said that before. A couple years ago, you might have. When he was drafted? Yeah. Maybe. But I also, I'm also like higher on Patrick Mahomes than I am. I, I think he's going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. So, oh, well, credit to you for really standing up on a soapbox with that one. Credit oh, there's a lot of people you. who think You're that's very an asinine take. That. There's a lot of You're, people who think that's an asinine take. You're ve- They're like, oh, he can't but, eclipse Brady. Well, but there's going. also a lot of people that the don't. Brain. There's a lot more people that don't, though. So, fine. Fine. <laughs> anyway. Your point being. My point being, those they're going to get the Ryan Pace treatment, those GMs, because they passed up on Justin Fields. That's that's all I'm saying, and they're going to be clowned for it. They are 100% going to be clowned for it uh, in the same way that you know Ryan Pace was clowned for taking Mitch Trubisky. So that's that's just the way I look at it. But you know, again, like a chance to make a statement here for Justin Fields against a bad defense. Again, second week in a row now, you get a bad defense. So the Bears get lucky again that. We know our defense can't stop anything. Well, guess what? Theirs can't either. 
and it's in a dome. Take away all and any weather factors that could be there. I'm feeling a high scoring game because Jake, this defense is bad. And 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 not just that this Atlanta defense is bad, but it's their pass defense that's that's worse mm-hmm. than anything. And that's why I'm a little bit more encouraged about hey, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the game where maybe we don't care about the passing total of yards yet, but we care about the attempts, right? Like, I think that's what we care about right now. Give us 35 pass attempts. And if that equates to 300 yards, great. If it doesn't, oh, well, but at least you tried, right? At least you threw the ball 35 times. I mean, this is a pass defense. This is a a defense in general that is allowing the second most yards per game uh, to opposing offenses, 399.5, 31st in the league for the Atlanta Falcons. And then their pass defense, they're allowing the 31st most yards per pass the last, they're, they're last in the league in opponent pass yards per game. They're second to last in the league in sack percentage, so they don't put a lot of pressure on the cornerback. They're second to last in the league in opponent completion percentage, and they're third to last in opponent passes per game. So there's the metric. Is this the game, Jake, that they pass the most than they have all year? I think it is. It's the perfect opportunity. Khalil Herbert was just put on IR. You don't have that. You know, we believe that Dave Montgomery is obviously still good enough to to carry a 24, you know, carry per game load if necessary. But I don't think they're going to do that. I think this is a chance now to air it out in the dome against a really bad pass defense with one of your top running backs out. You have all reasons to do it. I I do agree with you. I do think that Khalil Herbert obviously going on IR is a big part of this. It seems like the Bears, for whatever reason, aren't big fans of Dave Montgomery lately. Um, but th- this comes at the right time. I mean, the Bears obviously in the last few weeks, you know, dating back to almost a month now, have scored at least 29 points in four straight games, something that you know we don't really get to say that often about a Bears team. But also the Falcons, now twice in the last three weeks, have allowed more to at least 25 points to PJ Walker and the Panthers. So that is what's going for them too. Also on the Falcons schedule up to this point was they allowed the Rams to score 30 plus against them. They allowed the saints earlier in the year to score 27 against them. They allowed the bucks when the bucks stunk way back in October and the end of September to score 21 against them. So, and obviously they got lit up by the Bengals a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, but most importantly here, over the last three games, over the last three weeks, twice they've allowed PJ Walker and the Carolina Packers, Carolina Panthers to score at least 25 points. That's mm-hmm. the biggest one here. So imagine what Justin Fields can do because the Panthers are, oh boy, are they terrible. And PJ Walker obviously is nowhere near what Justin Fields is. So yeah, I mean, I agree. This lends to a passing game. This lends to an offensive game because the Bears run defense can't stop anybody. So who's to say that they'll be able to stop Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier and the Falcons defense as a whole is terrible. So you should see a lot of Justin Fields being able to air it out. This would be a perfect game to get Chase Claypool more involved after we've barely seen him his first two games. So that would be great. Hopefully Cole Komet keeps it going. But yeah, I mean, this should be an offensive output uh, of a game and this should be at least uh, even though it's a stinky game it should at least be high in points and at least give us something entertaining to watch in a sense it, it at the very least should be entertaining now listen to some of the individual passing performances from the quarterbacks of those teams you just mentioned that are putting up big points against the falcons all right two weeks ago joe burrow 481 yards and three touchdowns 481 
My goodness gracious. P.J. Walker, October 30th, 317 yards and a touchdown. Jimmy Garoppolo. Repeat that. Repeat that. P.J. Walker, Walker, 317 317. yards. Now, you kind of – it's relatively inflated because they get 60 yards on that final play. Uh, Well, over time, but also that final play to D.J. Moore was like a 60-yard play. Uh, The check down king, Jimmy Garoppolo, 296 and two touchdowns. Jimmy G putting up 296. What universe is this? Brady in that game that you mentioned, 351 and a touchdown. Geno Smith, 325, two touchdowns. Matt Stafford is having the worst year of his career, 272 and three touchdowns. Jameis Winston, week one, 269 and two touchdowns. Like every one of these quarterbacks have been like basically 270 plus. Like this is the chance. I, I need it. I absolutely need it. I mean, it's it's bad, man. Like this pass defense is really bad. They've been dealing with some injuries. They've had a couple guys go on IR. Uh, this, I, I like, I don't know why you wouldn't even, you know, why you, why wouldn't you throw the ball 35 plus times a game? What, what in this game? What, what reason do you have not to do that? It makes, it makes all the sense in the world. You, you stop this narrative of, oh, the, you know, Justin Fields is a running back. Like, no, he's a very capable passer. He's a more capable passer than, you know, Lamar Jackson ever was and ever will be probably. So mm-hmm. you add that to, I mean, and that's no disrespect to Lamar Jackson. It's just Justin Fields coming out of college was already known as a better passer and a better pocket sure. passer. But I, I, it's there for you, man. It's there. And like, I, I don't believe how, how realistically I would love to see it realistically is Justin Fields going to rush for a hundred yards again. Like he could, if he breaks another big one, which is very possible because he can do it at any moment, but like just statistically, it's unlikely for him to break a hundred plus rushing yards. And what would this be? The four straight game, the third straight game. Third. I mean, he had 178 or something against, uh, against, Miami and then 140 against uh, 140 something against Detroit, but I don't know what he had the week before that. That's the against only thing. the Cowboys. He had this is only his passing stats. This is not one. I want to say he did. He had, a t- he had a rushing touchdown, but I actually don't know if he rushed that much in that game. Okay, here we go. Uh, he had 60 yards against Dallas on eight attempts. Yeah. So. I would honestly expect something more like that. You know, probably maybe probably a rushing touchdown, 60 yards, but pass the ball 30 plus, 35 plus times a game. You know, they they've been going on extend they they've been going on these long drives. Like the ability to yeah. pass that many times is there, right? Because your defense is, you know, they're going to the Falcons are going to score right away. You're going to get the ball back like, you know, I think part of the problem is the other team has been possessing the ball for a very long period of time because they've been going on these long drives, right? Like like Detroit last week was just possessing the ball for six minutes per drive it felt like in that first half so you know we'll see what happens uh if the defense can get some three and outs and get you know get the opportunity for the bears to call more plays on offense but if they do i would expect a total around 35 plus pass attempts and realistically when you look at his numbers you know people again look at the totals and they see you know 140 150 well if you multiply his attempts in most of those games and get around to where you know, Mahomes or Brady throw in every single game, which is around 35, 38, then yeah, Justin Fields will be throwing for 300 yards. But he's passed, he's attempting them, you know, 19 times and he's still throwing for 140, double that, say it's 38. Guess what? That's all, that's 280, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really all in the attempts for me. And I think I got to see it. 
Yeah, and also like natural progression of the last couple of weeks kind of leads us to believe that this is how this game will go as sure. Justin Fields has gotten more confident, as you know, Chase Claypool has entered the mix, as Cole Komet has ascended and become more involved. And now with Khalil Herbert going on IR, your best running back on the roster, uh, at least I think that, other people think that, uh, whether that's true or not, obviously, I don't know, but they're not using David Montgomery nearly as much. So your RB1, let's call it that, goes on the IR as well. So that's kind of the natural progression of, okay, you lose your top runner and Justin Fields has been playing better and better and better and better over the last few weeks, as well as Cole Kmet's been playing better and better and better. And Darnell Mooney even looks more comfortable and looks like he's getting more open and Justin Fields is taking more shots at him now. So maybe Chase Claypool now a natural progression, third game, third week with the bears. Now he gets a bigger role and now he sees the field more. And now that just leads to Justin Fields passing the most that he has and having that highest yardage total that we've seen this season. It seems like that's that's on track there. And obviously, of course, the other side of that coin being that the Falcons are terrible against the pass. So if you're just following the line and the trail that's been left over the last few weeks, this seems to be like a crescendo kind of peak moment where Justin Fields throw the ball a ton and you get big yardage numbers and maybe you get a long touchdown. Maybe instead of a long touchdown run, maybe it's a 60-yard touchdown pass instead, yeah. something like that. And obviously we saw the 50-yarder last week. But, you know, even longer than that, to not a broken play where Cole Komet's all by himself. Maybe it's one of those tough throws that we haven't seen in a while. So, you know, that is kind of where you're possibly on track for as well. And, you know, another part of that is after this game, you have the Jets. And the Jets defense has been playing really well. Say what you will about maybe it's a fluke year or maybe it's just a flash in the plan. But Sauce Gardner is awesome. Their defensive backfield is awesome. Their line is pretty good. Like this defense has been really, really good. They shut down Josh Allen and the Bills and got a win over those guys. So kind of feels like if you want Justin Fields to have even more confidence going to that game and kind of have more of that fuck you attitude, have him throw a bunch this game so that he can go into New York and be like, all right, they trust me to throw. Now we're moving. Offense is grooving. Let's do it. Now we can throw on these guys. I feel great. And Grant, Justin Fields is always a guy that has a lot of confidence and kind of always says, like, I'm not afraid to make any kind of throw. But show it with the game plan this time. Yeah, and you talked about kind of the buildup here with, you know, sort of the connection with receivers, and it's not just Chase Claypool. Again, it's Byron Pringle, again, who, you know, was out for all this period of time. He did see a target. He actually saw more targets down the field last week than Chase Claypool did. Uh, so that's interesting, uh, you know, and he's, you know, building more chemistry with Justin and Justin has been talking about, uh, working with Claypool after practice and, and really getting yeah. them to, you know, be on the same page and everything. And again, like it's, I would, I would almost go to say, well, you know, you know, last week, maybe they just weren't ready yet. And now this week they see this week pass defense. And now it's like, Hey, now we try everything. But last week, the Detroit Lions pass defense is you know, almost as bad. Actually, their pass defense is slightly better. It was Detroit's rush defense that was bad. So everyone should have seen that, you know, uh, historic rushing game again from Justin Fields happening. But you look at the Atlanta Falcons defense versus wide receivers here, allowing 2,011 yards. In second are the Vikings at 1,794. So it's not like they're the worst defense in the league by far. It's not even close. They're allowing the second most uh, TDs to wide receivers, 12. The 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 by far the most receptions uh, to wide receivers. Like this is an all-time matchup for Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney. You'd be so wrong to not at least try the things, right? Because what we saw against Miami in a game where he had just been signed, you know, what, like four days earlier, um, a little bit more than like five, they were taking shots to him. 
It was, hey, you know, we're at least going to throw the ball to him 40 yards down the field. And if he doesn't catch it, guess what? He's going to draw a DPI. And he should have. He did once and he should have again. Uh, why why not do that again this week, right? For a defense that's so bad for cornerbacks that pretty much probably can't hang with guys like Chase Claypool, go down the field. I mean, A.J. Terrell's a good player, but just F it. Chase Claypool's down there somewhere. Do what you get against against the Miami Dolphins. Give him a chance. Uh, you know, build that confidence between the two. So. I, I, I'm expecting a big day from your receivers, and I think it goes down the list, right? It goes down the list. It's not just Chase Claypool and Darnell Moon, and we know that those guys probably you know, aren't going to be 100-plus yard per game guys. I mean, not per game. Obviously, that's a very hard thing to do. Uh, but at least for this game on Sunday, I, I don't know if either of them will eclipse 100. So get Byron Pringle involved. You know, maybe if he – if I'm being honest, I'm not sure why Nikhil Harry was inactive last week. Yeah, that, one, that was that confusing. One me. That Would was you rather confusing. him out there instead of Dante Pettis? Yes, 100%. I'd Brown rather him out there. Oh, Equinomia St. Brown. Like, okay, okay, Agreed. Dante Pettis, you want him on the punt return. Okay, fine. I'd rather have Nikhil Harry than Equinomia St. Brown, 100%. 100%. Easily. I'm, I'm with you. So, you know, you, you, you're, and I do think that there's a, a world where, you can make someone else like you can make someone else inactive and make that. I don't. I just don't. Yeah, you can. I don't, I don't get it. You, you can do it. So why not do it? I, I you know put him out there. Um, I don't think Vales Jones sees the field again. To go back to the old Vales Jones well. Uh, but I don't care. Like I I would like to see Nikhil Harry out there. Right. I I talked about yeah. trading assets for Austin to players. Yes, it was a seventh round pick, but he was impactful for you, relatively. Why not? Why not? He scored a touchdown. Why not have him out there? It's more touchdowns than Byron Pringle has on the year. So give it a shot. No, I com- I completely agree. Uh, I-, I would like to see Nick Harry because he also you used a draft pick essentially on him too, and he's still relatively young. So there's no reason really not to uh, in this game. So I don't know. And this game could get real weird. Pass interference and Joyer Sauce Gardner. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's get into our bold predictions, Kevin. It's one of the best segments we do every week. I have two this week. What do you? How many do you have? Should we let you go bold first? Predictions? I, go first? I got two bold predictions. I got two, but you go first. All right. Uh, my first one will be Chase Claypool-centered. I will say that this third week with the Bears is when the Bears will finally give Chase Claypool some run. It's more me kind of manifesting it and hoping that it comes true. I'll say Chase Claypool. At least 70 yards and a touchdown. Oh, wow. Both? Yes. That's bold. I mean, do this well, this just kind of lines up with how much just sense. how much we expect Justin Fields to pass in this game com- combined with how bad the Falcons pass defense is. It's his third week. I mean, if he's not ready by now, he's never going to be ready, you would think. So it kind of just lines up here for if we expect Justin Fields to have a big game, like we were just talking about a couple minutes ago then Chase Claypool has to be part of that equation, you know? 100%. So I'll say 100%. Chase Claypool at least 70 yards and a touchdown. Okay, I'm with you. I'm on board. Screw it. I'm all in. Um, and I do think it's one of those things where, hey, you know, if they connect on two early passes, it's like, boom, that's there right. and it's there for the rest of the game. You'll right? know. Yeah. I, you'll know. You'll, yes, that perfect, right? You'll know. You see it in the first quarter, you'll be like, oh, okay, this is going to be a thing for the rest of the game. 100%. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, alluding to what I said about the past, the Falcons, you know, pass defense uh, allowing, not allowing, but you know, third and third to last in the league. And, um, where is it? 20 pass downs per game. 
right? So opponents are passing the ball on average 31 times a game uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. I believe it's 30. No, 38. 38 times a game. I think this is the first time in Justin Fields' career and the first time this year by a large margin uh, that he gets to 40. 40 pass attempts in this oh, game. Wow. Now, the only thing that breaks that is there's a couple things that can break it. The Bears defense being so bad that the Falcons are just grinding out, you know, again, seven-minute drives that don't allow the Bears to run enough plays, or the fact that if Tevin Jenkins is out again, the offensive line just looks so bad that Justin Fields can't throw it that much because he's had to escape the pocket and turn those what were supposed to be passes into runs, uh, as he has done so many times this season because of the ineptitude of the offensive line. Those are two things that could kind of force that not to happen. But I think the game script should be throw the ball 40 times a game. Now, will it play out that way? Probably not because of how bad the Bears defense is and how bad the offensive line is. But it's a bold prediction. prediction. I'm going to put it out there 40 times uh, this week. Will Justin Fields pass? So, All right. Like that. Um, all right. My other bold prediction. Uh, I was hand-in-hand with my final score prediction a little bit. Um, talked about, obviously, last week you lose on a missed PAT. The week before that, you miss, you lose on a dropped perfect pass right through the hands. And I said this on Monday. I want the Bears to keep finding stupid ways to lose games that really aren't Justin Fields' fault. So I will say this. I will say that the Bears will lose this game, and the defining moment will be a quarter L Patterson return kickoff touchdown because he is still returning kicks for the Falcons and he's one shy of moving up uh, on the all-time leaderboard on kickoff return touchdowns against the former team where he feels a little bit like they kind of did him dirty he wanted to come back he loves Chicago and they said not see you later and then he went to the Falcons continued to be uh, turned into an even bigger star really as a running back then I think Cordero Patterson gets a kickoff return touchdown against the Bears and that shoot that turns out to be basically the reason the Bears lose the game it would honestly make sense. Uh, that would give him the lead for career kickoff return touchdowns because he's currently tied with Josh Cribbs with eight and Leon Washington, who also has eight. Uh, so that'd be kind of funny if he did it against his you know, former team, a team where he, I believe, had two kick return touchdowns in his career um, with the Chicago Bears. He had that one against the Saints, and I believe he had one more. Can't remember which one it was, but I like that. The Bears special teams have killed them in the past three past couple weeks, yep. right? You know, the block punt against the Dolphins and the Miss PAT. It would be right for them to lose in another absurd way, find another different way to lose. I actually don't I actually like that. I actually like that a lot. Uh I think that's actually really positive. It just lines up because the Bears special does, teams has been so up. bad all year and they haven't like had a complete their coverage team has mold. been okay, actually, I thought. But yeah. But sure. they just make dumb mistakes. They just make yeah. dumb mistakes. So, so and the hand in hand with that, mistake. yeah. Uh, right, what's your possible. second prediction? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, I wish you could bet that straight up, like to get a kick return touchdown. Kick return touchdown. Yeah. That'd be that would be wild. But it goes under anytime touchdown score. So, uh, if you're listening to Jake, then bet Cordell Patterson anytime touchdown score. He'll probably score a rushing touchdown anyway. So, kind of go hand in hand with mine again. My first one. I think the Bears have two plus 40-yard plays, 40-yard pass plays in this game. So two explosive pass plays down the field, something big to Darnell Mooney, a little uh, run after the catch, and then something big downfield to Chase Claypool. One of those two guys, uh, I, I think you know both of them going to get a big play. So Bears are going to get two 40-plus-yard pass plays on offense. And again, you know, you 
add that together, two plays, 80 yards, that puts it to be very likely that Justin Fields' passing total eclipses 280 uh, for the first time, I believe, since that Steelers game where he was at. We do this like every week, what he had in that game was either 276 or 296 uh, or something like that. I want to say he got close to 300 uh, in that one. Other than that, it hasn't been you know relatively close. So I think he eclipses 280 yards in this game of passing, going hand-to-hand with two 40-plus-yard pass plays that help him get there. So big passing total day for Justin Fields. Um, just makes too much sense. It, the matchup is there. And if I was wrong, don't blame me. The research tells me it's right. So, it's, do, yes. do you think either of those or both of those go for touchdowns, though, or are they just going to be long plays? Uh, I think maybe one of them could go for a touchdown, but it would be pretty outrageous to say both of them go for a touchdown. Uh, so I'll say, sure. I'll say one of them goes for a touchdown. Go down the middle. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll split there. All right. All right. Let's get to what we're betting this week in the bears and Falcons game down in Atlanta. Falcons hosting the bears. I'm going to go back. My first one is going to be something that I've, I'm just going to keep going back to this well, because I assume it's going to be low again. Cole Komet over receiving yards. Uh, it was in the twenties, the last two weeks, and he's flown over those totals. I think Cole Komet continues to just see his star ascend and continue to be a big part of this offense. Justin Fields clearly likes him. Really, and Cole Komet had another pass down the sideline against the Lions that could have been caught. It was a great ball by Justin Fields on Cole Komet's back shoulder, and he just wasn't able to come down with it. Probably should have been over 100 yards. Uh, but if as long as Cole Komet's number is like lower than 50, I would say play the over uh, on his receiving yards. That's going to be my first one, Kevin. Falcons are one of seven teams uh, in the league to not allow more than one touchdown to tight ends this year. So I don't think he'll find the end zone, but I do like just that idea that he'll 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 get some pretty good run, um, you know, with the yardage total. Now it's interesting. He showed up on the injury report uh, with that thigh, and I don't remember if he returned to the game after he limped out against the the uh, Sorry, I guess the Lions. Did he ever return to the game when he when he limped out? I cannot remember. Um, I don't remember either. Because he was a DNP today, and I remember when I saw that. Uh, I saw the play, and this, it, it looked like a textbook bone bruise. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, Oof. but it's happened to me playing basketball. Happened a knee once. straight to the thigh. Dude, it can put you out for a couple weeks. Like, I wasn't able, like, the last time it happened to me, I could barely walk for like two weeks. Like it could put you out. Now, obviously the treatment that these guys get is a lot by, <laughs> you know, me who's just taking an Epsom salt bath and throwing biofreeze on it uh, every day. But th- those, in, like I, I saw Adam Hoke say, oh, we expect him to play. I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't be so sure. I honestly wouldn't. Yeah. I, I hope I'm wrong because I want to see him play because he's been playing so well, but I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out, especially again, you're at that point now in the bear season where you start, considering holding guys out because of your situation you're three and seven is it worth the risk you know mm. uh, I, I think on the offense you've got to keep guys in because it's more important for I justin so, fields to but, develop and you know get that rapport with these guys right I, I, that conversation is just more likely to be had now that you're three and seven you might be uh, more cautious uh, wait if, if yeah, he's hurt yeah. you might if he's hurt you just might not push him is your argument exactly so uh I like the over on the yards, though, if he plays. If he plays, I do like the over on the yards. That's not bad at all. The Falcons' defense uh, against tight ends, as far as yardage goes, they're up. They're okay. Uh, oh, actually, they're very bad. How about this? Third in the third worst in yards allowed to tight ends this season. How about that? 
588. Jake's on to something here. Uh, Jake is on to something here. He's been on a heater, actually, with your bull predictions as, as it pertains to Colt Komet. Uh, or not your bull predictions, your betting, your, your bets. So um, I'm going to go to a Darna Mooney anytime touchdown score here. I've actually seen the Bears do a lot of creative things with Darna Mooney once again in the red zone. Right. You know, even going back to the commanders game, you know, designing, you know, some speed outs or or getting him involved in motion and then finding him uh, open. And then obviously against the the Cowboys where Justin Fields threw that strike to him in the corner of the end zone. He's been targeting Darnell Mooney more in the red zone. I think they're realizing that, hey, you know, he can sort of be our Valus Jones Jr. while Valus Jones Jr. is out. You know, send him in motion, you know, do a jet sweep. He's obviously fast enough and athletic to do those kinds of things. And I've seen them design some cool things for him. Uh, I think Darnell Mooney's potential to score uh, is is a lot greater if Cole Komet is out. But even if Cole Komet does play, I've seen them target him enough to where I'm kind of confident he's going to at least get some looks there uh, in the red zone, assuming they don't run it as much just because Khalil Herbert has been the red zone back for them for the past, uh, you know, five weeks. But at the same right. time, you know, they we know now, and this is the way it should be because we clamored for it since last year. One play out of your four, when if you say your goal to go should be a design Justin Fields rush. So, and odds are he's just athletic enough to score on those. So, if he's not rushing for a touchdown, if he's passing for one, I think Darna Mooney gets in because they just don't like. I I do admire the creativity at least when they get into the red zone. I think they do creative things. I think Luke Getzey gets smart, and they don't very often just say, "Hey, drop back one on one." you know, fade ball to Chase Claypool, which we have talked about for so long, you know, on this team is, hey, they don't they don't give their guys opportunities that often like that, right? They don't say, hey, let's check man-to-man coverage inside of the five. If there's no linebacker help uh, in the middle, run a slant route. Because what did we see in 2019 and 2018 with Mitch Trubisky and Allen Robinson once they got inside the 10 goal to go? They would do that so much. Say, Allen Robinson, you just have to route up the, de- the defender here get open on a slant route touchdown. They don't, the bears don't do that very often. They they like to, you know, design their own things, get creative. So I think Donna Mooney is going to be involved in that creativity. I think he scores. So good odds. All right. I got, I got one more, uh, until the numbers in the triple digits, we have to keep playing Justin Fields over rushing yards. You have to, I mean, he's gone well over 100 in the last two games. Obviously that's not going to continue forever, but until this numbers in the triple digits, until it's 99 and a half, there's no reason not to play the the over. Like, might as well Crazy. keep going with this run, especially if he's passing as well as we think he's going to be. Then that'll open up running lanes. And even if the Falcons do put a spy on him, do we really think the Falcons linebackers are going to be that great at covering Justin Fields for as fast as he is? Justin Fields over rushing yards again. You have to keep hitting this number until they give you a reason not to. Yeah, I mean, Falcons 18th in the league in opponent rushing yards per game, so pretty pedestrian they're allowing 119 per game uh yeah i'm with you it'll be interesting to see what they do i I bet there's gonna be a lot of people in the betting community who are just looking at clue herbert being out and saying well that means more volume for justin fields i'm not not, i'm not quite sure it's exactly how it's going to go um like it's justin fields has already been getting like 12 plus carries i think he's gonna get 20 you know what i mean uh i don't think that's gonna happen now i think the play is this Another rushing touchdown. Falcons are 28th in the league in opponent rush touchdowns per game. They're allowing about 1.3 per game. I think he gets in again. Again, we talked about how much they do it in the in the red zone. So I like it another bit. Hey, I'm all in because Justin Fields has saved my fantasy season. I was three and five. Justin Fields had been on my team all year, but I had Joe Burrow and Burrow was playing well. And I was like, I, I just can't start Fields. And then I started him against the Patriots. 
And from there, I've started him ever since. And he's been the number one quarterback in fantasy, you know, the past four weeks by an incredibly low. He's been the number one player in fantasy by an incredibly large margin. Like it's not by like 40 points. It is not even close. I am Scox in the chat. Says Ebner scores a receiving TD. Before we get into our bull, uh, our intro <laughs> game predictions, real quick, what is your expectations for Tristan Ebner on Sunday? Because you're the Tristan Ebner guy. That's what we've dubbed you as. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was involved in the passing game in the preseason. It seemed like the Bears liked him. Honestly, you might see him return kicks because he was kind of on special teams a little bit in the preseason too. So you might see him return kicks or punts a little bit too. So I think he'll be involved in some capacity. Uh, They've clearly shown that David Montgomery isn't going to get a workhorse load. So, you know, they're going to split it up a little bit and give at least some kind of work to Tristan Abner. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tristan Abner is very good. That's, that's, I, I, I just, I'm I'm not looking. Are you excited to watch? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I, I mean, I don't. You asked you asked me a question. I gave you my honest answer. Like, I, I, <laughs> no, I'm I not don't. frothing at the mouth to talk about Tristan Ebner. I was like, <laughs> I, 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 I care less. Just... Uh, you know, but I, I, I'm he's not my Byron Pringle. You know, he's like, I'm not, I, I'm not saying he's <laughs> okay. saving the season. Okay. He's just, he's a dude. You know, he's a dude who might have some value on special. Maybe. Yeah, it's Not just, man, there's so many good running backs you can find late. And I, I think I honestly think this is one of the bigger misses in the draft for them. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a little bit too early to say that, but look at Isaiah Pacheco, six rounder from the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs. He's already turned into RB1 and has basically eliminated uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh I just Trustin Ebner is he, he's purely receiving back in this offense right now because he just doesn't have the same burst as is Khalil Herbert, and he's not a tough runner like Dave Montgomery, so I don't really know what he presents to you um, as a running back in this game. But all, we all we love Tristan Ebner. We're, we're we uh, clearly no no disrespect. No, I just I just don't think he's. I don't think you can find better running backs in later in the draft. Anyway, uh, let's go to our game predictions. So Ebner scores a receiving TD. That's that's his prediction. All right, final game prediction, final score prediction. Uh, I my bold prediction. I said they were hand in hand. I think the Bears losing margin is because of a Cordell Patterson kick return touchdown. I think we're going to look back on that and be like, well, if you'd stop that kick return touchdown, you win the game. So I do think it's going to be high score. Bring the there's going to be a lot. Lose this game. I'll say. I'll say. 38-31. Okay. That that another huge scoring day. That is that is surprising. That is uh it's not surprising. It makes sense. But um at some point, you know, you, you just gotta yeah, I'm always I'm I get so scared of trends sometimes, right? Because I'm yeah, I'm a big sure. proponent of being due, both in a positive and a negative way. Like if a guy's 0 for 10 in his last 10 at bats, I'm like, dude's hitting a home run in this game. But if a guy's like you know, 10 for 10 is last 10 at bats. I'm like, he's due for a strikeout. Like he can't keep this going, right? Yeah, like he sure. just can't keep it going. Sure. Uh, now, if the Bears are playing a, a tougher opponent, I, I would I would say that they're due to not score 29 points again. Uh, but, you know, in a dome against a, a terrible defense, I think they do score 30 points. I think, this, I think they win this game. I think the Bears win 32-27. I, I do believe that there is something, there is truth to this about Justin Fields. He's very good in these narrative-based games where it's either him against his players in his draft class, right, or him against teams maybe that passed up on him that shouldn't have, uh, or, you know, things of that nature. He's going back home. 
I think he's got a lot to prove. And the problem with that, though, with that statement is, well, we've already seen that even if Justin Fields puts on the game of his life, it might not be enough for the Bears to win. And the Falcons have actually been a pretty good team at home this year. Uh, And every game at home this year, Atlanta has either won or has lost by three points or less. So the Bears are not winning this game by more than three points based off of what other teams have done to the Falcons this year. So I do think they win by exactly three points, 32 to 29. I'm not sure how we get to 29, maybe a ton of field goals uh, by the Falcons or a missed extra point or something. But I feel really good about 32-29 Bears win. Uh, I just I think at some point, talk about being due, I think at some point the Bears defense steps up and I don't think they'll be able to stop what the Atlanta Falcons present to you from a rushing standpoint or even from a little bit of the passing standpoint. But I do think they get a key takeaway late in the game that kind of seals this one. That's been uh, what's missing between the Bears' wins this year and the Bears' losses is in every win this year, they've had key takeaways and key moments. You think about the Patriots game, Jaquan Brisker getting the big one and Kyler Gordon getting one as well late in the game. Then you think about Houston uh, where Roquan got one and then against the 49ers, you know, there was a few. So, This is your chance uh, against a quarterback who's pretty careless with the ball, especially as of late, to get some takeaways that give the ball away. Let me find it for you exactly how they give the ball away. Uh, They give the ball away. Okay, 16th in the league. So averaging 1.3 giveaways per game. So, you know, kind of pedestrian there. But I think Bears get a key takeaway. I think they win 32-29. All right, me and Kevin are at odds this week. So we will... The, the tie will be broken atop the leaderboard and the wow. prediction standing. So one way or another, somebody's going to pull ahead here. Uh, it'll probably be Kevin just because this team is so stupid. But regardless, we'll be here on Monday to break down everything we see, everything from Justin Fields, of course, everything from Chase Claypool, from the offense. We'll be here Monday, Bears Nation podcast, to break it all down with you guys. Thank you, of course, to the live viewers, the commenters. You guys are the best. We appreciate you greatly. Thank you to the listeners. We appreciate you greatly and just as much. You guys are the best, and we appreciate it so, so much. We'll see you on Monday for another edition of Bears Nation Podcast. And until then, bear down.